tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! This is it, everybody! The end of an era. Welcome back, everyone, to the finale of the Hemlock Grove After Buzz TV After Show. I am your host, Sean Overman, and you can find me at Sean Austin O on Twitter and Instagram. I'm joined here by my awesome, beautiful, and lovely Pinai co-hosts. Hello everyone, I'm Marissa Serafini. You can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. And I'm Mary Lamandel. You can find me at all social media at Mary Lamandel. We have so much to talk about today, guys. Oh my gosh. So much. This is it. How about let's start with overall thoughts, just like one or two sentences on how you would say this series has been for you. How it has like wrapped up now that we've seen episodes nine and ten. It's the the epic romance I never knew I wanted. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's good. Um, maybe I could just summon it in two words and make us immediately explicit. Fucking amazing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> um, I want to say uh, this This thing was just, it's it's a it's a bromance that turned deadly. Um, and it, it's a uh, semicolon of <laughs> Shakespearean epicness. Uh, just the conclusion is just so insane. Everything that's happened in the show. Oh God! So let's let's pop into it right away. And if I am skipping over anything, guys, just go ahead and just go ahead and tell me so that we can talk about it. Because I have a lot of stuff written up there, but I don't know if we're going to be able to talk all you know about all of it tonight on our show on our finale. We'll do our best. We will do our best. So um, to be honest, I was watching. This is how dedicated I am to Hemlock Grove. I went home from my shows last night. I, I stopped my po- last podcast at 12 o'clock midnight, and I get home, sleep, wake up. I'm on the road watching Hemlock Grove on m- mounted on <laughs> my car. Wow. Super dangerous. You're a wild man. But don't I d- do that at kids. Don't, don't, do, don't, don't do it. No. Don't, take my, don't see my actions and do what I do, kids. Okay, because no. you're no monkey see monkey do. Yeah, we're on the podcast, so you can only hear what I do. You can't <laughs> see it. Uh, but uh, this is how dedicated I am, right? So, this is what I got for what happened in, in episode nine, Damascus. So, Spivak is located, right? We already got that from last episode. Mm-hmm. They finally get to the cabin. All right, am I skipping on anything like in between there? Well, we oh we had Olivia, but we're gonna talk about Olivia later. Let's well, talk more about, so like Roman Peter. Let's talk about Roman Peter right now. Yeah. Okay. So Spivak is located. The they end up going through the cabin. They don't see too much, um, except for ABC blocks. So they know that Nadia was there, right? There's mm-hmm. more little clues here and there. The cabin's totally abandoned, but they start to go deeper, and they say, "This doesn't look like a wine cellar." <laughs> no. Right? There's more. Uh, so they they continue further down, and they end up seeing some little creatures scurrying around. Am I right? Well, they find those open water pool, mm-hmm. indoor pool things with 
With corpses. Nefarious things in it. Yes. And they saw Nadia's, or uh, not Nadia, sorry. Um, Miranda. They saw Miranda's corpse. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely dead. Definitely dead. She was a <laughs> skeletonized. Yeah. Am I right? So Ooh. it must, has it been like a while or was it just, she well, just consumed by the creatures? The poor girl didn't even get a death scene. It was just that, that scene of her walking into the basement. She's like, no, I don't want to. Yeah, getting pushed by Spivak. Yeah. But yeah. I think the timeline, I think that confirmed it's, in the previous episode, it's been seven days. It's yeah. been seven days. Wow! So, yeah. Since he took, since Spivak took her down there, mm-hmm. it's been seven days. Wow, that's not because that we long had at all. Yeah, we had the inspector who called in and said, "I got a, a message last week about the frozen people." About the frozen people. Mm-hmm. So we know only a week has passed within all these episodes. Yeah, uh, at least a week. Um, wow, that's that's, that's crazy. It. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> not that much. Um, so they go, well, as they're going down, we have, uh, we have the, Price finds out that they need to use nitrous oxide, which is found, the chemical is found in the venom sacs of Upiers. Uh-huh. How convenient. Very convenient. <laughs> but very scientifically, I, I'm, I get it. I'm on like, board. Yeah, I accept that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because if we knew, like, he, he knew that was sulfur-based, right? And so something that he knew was going to oppose sulfur-based being was readily available. Okay. Chemicals. And also, but I did like his argument saying that that's why Upiris can easily knock out Spivak's Mm -hmm. species so fast and how they outgrew them. Because just a little bit amount can kill them. Yeah, super cool. Um, I'm actually surprised that none, I guess none of the other Upir in the world were on Spivak. Like, he was probably the only survivor of his race, right? Of the... Lemongunder, right? Yeah, Drummongunder. Drummongunder, the Ouroboros. Let's make it easier. The mm-hmm. Ouroboros. But I think as of this time, this just period, is that Upirs are very civilized right now. It's not really species against species. They're just mingling with humans and also vargulfs and werewolves. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, but it doesn't seem like there's a big war going on in between anybody. There isn't. They must have just gotten so complacent in their uh, them being like the dominant species on the planet, you know, m- mixed in there with humans, right? Yeah. So that's why they just didn't think about Ouroboros or Lumangander anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they find out, they they go further and they they get to they actually get to this this um this outside area where there's a dam Right? There's this dam. They're on the outside. They see there's this waterfall, beautiful waterfall in the background. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, Place where all the water is, though. Yes, where all the estuaries yep. are. Right? And we have a conversation that goes on between Peter and Roman. And it's so... It's terrible. It's like Roman knows what he did. And Peter is so, like, blinded to everything still. Like, their bromance in Peter's mind is in full effect. And and, and Roman knows he's preserving it by lying to mm-hmm. him, right? Lying his ass mm-hmm. off. And what, what were some of the things that he, they said? Oh, the, you've always been there for me. You're my family. Your family. I was like, I'm like oh, lying right to his Roman face. turned into Olivia. Oh, totally. Man. Speaking yeah. speaking of Olivia, you are dressed a little bit like Olivia wearing All a Vargolf. Right. So I was very inspired, you know. So I have my like black lacy top, and then I wore my I wore my dead werewolf, totally. which is really Gorgeous. just fake. It's made out of Muppets. Yes, I like it. <laughs> it's very soft. The Muppet Vargolf. <laughs> As I, there you go. Yeah, get, get, get in here, girl. Get in here. And Marissa, what, and is, what are you wearing awesome. tonight? I don't know something black and 
sexy, Slight, corset-ish thing. It, it looks like something that maybe a younger Olivia or, or Annie, Annie Annie would wear. Maybe. Yes, if you guys want to see it, check it out on the YouTube <laughs> channel. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything, all social media to check us out here at AfterBuzz TV. And Sean, I feel like you're kind of Peter-ish? Yeah. Or Ator? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah a little bit like yeah. Peter Ator. Uh, definitely with me growing out my beard, maybe yeah. more like Ator, because he, he's a hairy fellow, Richard Gunn. <laughs> he's a hairy fellow. He's a hairy guy. Um, but, yeah, they have that conversation. I'm just like, dude, th- this is this is like foreshadow. It's the irony of what's it's coming. so ironic. Right. So, I, but I put in my notes, Hardy Boys, one last time. One last time. One last time. One last adventure. The whole time, we have Spivak be a MacGuffin, right? Mm-hmm. He's pulling strings behind the scenes. We never get to see him. We feel his presence there, but we don't know exactly what he's doing. Now we know. Now we have a solid, we have solid clues, solid evidence. We get to see this guy who's... Obviously, like, Im- he's impregnated by the Spivak creatures, the Ouroboros creatures. Disgusting. Oh, man. I felt so bad for him, too. For First of all, he's a man. He shouldn't be pregnant. And then, second of all, knowing that you can't physically move the body because it will rip the skin apart. Like, oh. That was so gruesome. That's even worse. And the fact that they made that religious reference, Adam and Eve, that yeah. Eve is the one who's supposed to endure all the pain but give it back to Adam. I was like, yeah, all yeah. right. Take it. Yeah, yeah. I liked how the, he was like, it seemed like he was babbling, but he was making all those references in there in his like, his monologue, his I don't know, his like, was his death last squeal. Was sausage? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it might have been. He's like, I am their food, sausage! <laughs> I was like, oh, alright. <laughs> it's so random, that's what I love about the show. They mix in the most twisted things, the most gruesome of gruesomes, with the with these funny little things like, Mac-Nam. Mac-Nam. Bip, 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 bip. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so many, oh gosh. And they, so many of these little creatures come out of him. They just explode. It's oh. like a spider sack exploding. <laughs> oh, I don't want to picture that. And, so gory. And they go into, they look like manta rays, really. Mm-hmm. They, they do. I they put go out into the water. Little Spivaks. <laughs> mini Spivaks. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, little Spivaks. Exactly. And they look so cute and harmless, actually. But uh, then after we get, we already have the Venom now, they did a test sampling on one of them earlier. Mm-hmm. And it just, like... It's the one that came out of Miranda's body. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it just burnt up. And it was just like, oh, that's what's going to happen to the rest of them. All right. It's a clean death. Yes. All those. Yeah. It's the chemical reaction with nitrous mm-hmm. oxide mm-hmm. and uh, sulfur. I looked, I looked it up. That's exactly what happens, folks. Yeah. There <laughs> <you> go. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, uh, we have the battle between Speed. Was there anything else that we want to mention about Speedback? He said, I'm Adam, right? He said something like that. He was saying that he's Adam. Uh, I don't know who he said, what he said about Eve, but he said, this is the Garden of Eden. We're starting over. We're starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. He was, he's like mega maniacal. He's yeah. worse than Olivia. And so then I wasn't sure. So if, did he get all the eggs from Nadia? Because they were saying like the reason he had the infant is because like the female ovules or whatever. The ovums. Yeah. Ovums, yeah, are like highest concentration in infants. So are these also Nadia's babies? I think so. Or did he take it from the other girls? Technically. I think so. Or not clarified. Yeah. I don't think they really cleared Mm -hmm. that up. Yeah. Because then if they are Nadia's babies, they should be, like, special. 
like extra yeah. special. They, sh- they could have special but it makes, powers. Yeah, it makes sense that they took it from Nadia because Nadia just had more eggs because mm-hmm. she's a baby. Because she's a baby, right? Before she hits puberty and starts mm-hmm. ejecting the eggs yeah. monthly. Yeah, she's got right? all of them. Yeah, she's got all of them. So um, I put, let's see, what did I put in there? I put, oh, okay. Was there anything about else about Roman and Peter that we wanted to talk about? Other than the fact that Spivak is dead. Spivak is dead. Okay, let's talk about the way he died, actually. So we got two guys with shotguns coming at him, <laughs> and they're hitting him. He's, like, indestructible. They're hitting his scales, and it's just chipping away at the sweater and his, like, human skin that's, like, shelled right. on top of his his layered sulfur body. Like, why wouldn't they have, like... I don't know if this would have worked or not. If they dipped the bullets in the venom... They could have done then, that. Mm-hmm. You know, if it wasn't going to make make the yeah. bullets blow up from some kind of chemical reaction. But yes. They I, could, I was like, oh, you guys, there's, there's better ways to do this. Get a crossbow. They should have done that. Maybe. But I think it might have been just the reptilian evolution of his creatureness, I guess, of him. He's shown that he's lived all these years because his outside p- body... Literally became a body suit for him, so it just shows like, how hard it was to take him down. Mm-hmm. But chemically, you could take him down. Yes, yeah. chemically, and physically. He, but you know what? He wasn't reptilian. Remember, Spie, uh, Spivak's cre- his amphibian. genome. Amphibian. He was amphibian, That's so that right. that was researched by um, by Price, right? But the physical evolution of him. Yeah, yeah. and but you know, he, I'm sure there's lots of frogs out there, amphibians that could change colors, right? So, hey, he changed to match his environment, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? With those ugly sweaters. With those ugly sweaters. And his hair. He grew out all his hair a lot Mm -hmm. to live in Helmut Smorgasbord. (laughs) (laughs) And I did love that that actor and his delivery of his lines, because it was like so creepy. Oh my gosh. He's like, you guys, good for you. (laughs) Good 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 for you. You persisted. I wrote that down. (laughs) I said... Yeah, I wrote down what he said. He said, very persistent. You boys are very persistent. Good for you. <laughs> right? Yeah. Which I thought was great. I was like, man, he's so evil. Yeah, he's like he's like the Mr. Rogers of evil amphibian creatures. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I like Mr. Rogers. <laughs> so do I, but that's what he is pretty much, right? Yeah. Talking about maple syrup while he's like spitting acid across the table. Yeah. Right? He does have the sweaters to boot. Yeah. And he even did, that's right, he even spit some of his, uh, he spit some of his acid to like get at whatever was being held, like the, the venom that was being yeah. held by Peter. Right? Thankfully, he didn't destroy it. Mm-hmm. Thankfully. Yes. When, it, when the venom fell through the grate, though, I thought, I was like, that's really going to like, destroy, like deter the whole thing. But he just went down the stairs and grabbed it. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, you guys. Yeah. Why did it fall down there then? It could yeah. have just... I don't know. It was to maybe just, you know, distract Peter for a few seconds yes. enough to flush literally all the little speedbacks out into the water and into yep. the world. Yes, into the world. And That's not going to come back and get us later. No, <laughs> not at all. Uh-uh. <laughs> Um, but I guess, hey, maybe those things won't be as brilliant as Speedback was. Maybe they'll all die off because they don't know what they're doing. Maybe they don't have, like, the brain power or I don't the, know. the learning skills. They might be the next species if the Upirs are outing themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm, maybe. We'll talk about maybe. that more later for the future of Hemlock Grove segment. But uh, let's, if there's, is there anything else? Oh, yeah, let's talk about him biting him. So then we get... We, we, they're out of bullets. They're out of shotgun shells, actually. They and and here's why Peter was away because he surprised with a flank maneuver mm-hmm. on uh, Spivak's side, shot him right in the face. Mm-hmm. He turns to look at Peter. He turns back. Then we have Roman right on him. Jaw extends 
boom, clamps down, injects venom, mm -hmm. which we didn't know that they did this every time. <laughs> we had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. You're trying to do it, Marissa. No, I can't. <laughs> I can't. You're trying to find the, where mm -hmm. it happened? Trying, she's no, trying to just extend, like, the extend the jaws. Like, oh, if a uh, jaw goes that far, yeah. <laughs> humans would break our jaws. Yeah, doing it. we would like hyperextend. It's still cool every time you see it, though. We've seen it a lot. Now, yeah, they did. It's still pretty effective. Yeah, uh, this season a lot, a lot. And you know what? It's it. We needed to see it over and over again so we can know that's what he's doing and like. Just them, like, taking the venom out of the sack was just like, ugh, ugh, right? Price was like, oh, you, you should hear, like, a puff sound, or like <laughs> like you're taking air out, or a pop sound, and it's it was more like a pfft, uh, right? Yeah, and he's like, if you go too far, then we're going to have to fit Roman with a hearing aid. <laughs> <The> hearing aid. <laughs> it was so Amazing. good. It was so good. But you think his oop here me metabolism would heal up, right, after that? I would think so, and yeah. they have a lot of venom in them, so. yeah. So, oh, I mean, like, if he did go deaf, like, wouldn't oh, he have maybe. to? I don't know, but Oopiers are a lot more fragile than we thought they were, because that one, uh, Mrs. Uh, Benson Charles, mm -hmm. she had a congenital heart defect, which is, like, rare for Oopiers. True, mm -hmm. true. Yeah. Again, Oopiers are becoming more civilized. Yes, they're, you know what, more maybe... human. Yeah, maybe just, because, okay, they're feeding on humans, right? Mm -hmm. Like, human blood, right? And look at the garbage that us humans eat every day, oh, right? Oh, we GMO. <laughs> yeah, we have so much GMO, like, <laughs> cancer in yeah. our bodies, and they're, they're chowing down on us. Yeah. It's like we're chowing down on the cows that we feed garbage every day, and so, that's why we're getting cancer. <laughs> So the opiers should only feed on like people who only eat organic. Exactly, only the clean. So they just like outside of Whole Foods, <laughs> gluten free. You know. <laughs> hey, they're upper class. There's a lot of upper class opiers. They should be doing that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. They they can afford it. Yeah, just get the clean stuff. <laughs> yep. Let's talk about uh, Olivia and Shelley. Right? Did you want to move on from Peter and Roman? Is that cool? Yeah. All yeah, right. Let's do it. So Olivia wakes up from this dream she's having. In the dream, she sees like, a, is it like a bounty of food in front mm -hmm. of her? Like a, a buffet. A buffet. Yeah. Like the, it was so dark when I was watching it. I was like, what is that? It looks like there's a cornucopia in the mm -hmm. middle of the table, right? And she's she's eating, and and then Chong goes in her dream and he says, hey, what are you doing? Slow down, right? Doesn't he say slow down or mm -hmm. wake up or something? And she wakes up, and her arm's all messed up, right? Like, she's, like, been gnawing she's been at her. She's been biting at She's it. been biting her own arm just like the rats, the cannibal self-cannibalizing rats. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She's at that point. Yeah. She's, she just learned it. She just The day before. It. The day before. Hours before. Yeah. Probably, Which, right? in, that, in that same scene, the interesting moment whenever she's passing through the mirror, and, like, the mirror's broken, and we get a reflection of her, then that just shows me that, oh, for... For forever now, she's actually been degrading. We haven't seen it because yeah. we've seen Olivia through Olivia's eyes. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Chong I like that scene too, where Chongo is like, "Oh, you gotta get dressed. You gotta get up. Oh, put on this nice dress. This will look really good on you." Oh, and he like shatters the <laughs> window, like over the mirror. Like, oh my gosh, you don't want to see yourself. Like, I believe me, you look good, girl. Yeah, yes. he was so fun. This episode, yeah. these last two episodes, this was like Alexander Hernandez's Alex Hernandez's <laughs> greatest role. As Chongo. I loved him. Yeah, I thought he was really great. And I liked where they took him from, like, his arc as a character from the beginning when he was alive to being this figment in Olivia's imagination. Mm -hmm. Like, really good piece for an actor to kind of bite into. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. I loved how he was just a second voice for Olivia. Mm -hmm. That she, She's always had this cold, hard personality, but then he was just a lighter, more fun version of Olivia. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I really like that, too. Um, 
and his his outfit changes are just great every scene. <laughs> every time he's a, they don't they don't bore us with his outfits. They're great. Uh, so Chango says, "You need to get yourself a new body ASAP," and he whittles it down. He, he gives her all the options. He gives us the options, mm-hmm. right? So you can't go. You could try Roman. You can't go after like can't go after Shelley because mm-hmm. she's. But you could do it temporarily. Annie, we don't know where she is. So the easy. What's the easy pick? Let's go after what was it? Shelley was her first pick, or was it uh, Ro- no, we went Roman? To Roman first. Roman was her first pick. So she because she w- Olivia was not having it with Shelley. It's like no. A diseased body uh, for a deformed one? Don't oh, think so. Yeah, that's right. A grotesque one. That was the line. Man, she just she does not love her daughter. Every time she says she does, it's only because she has something up her sleeve. Well, yeah. it's more so out of vanity. We mm-hmm. know Olivia's just a vain person. So she she would do anything to be a man first before someone who's deformed. <laughs> yes. Yes, she would. And have sex with herself, too. Exactly. Seriously. So um, she goes after Roman. Uh, she ends up in his house. How the heck did she break in there? Did I miss something? Or she just... Did she, doesn't, she doesn't have the passcode to get in, right? But uh, she yeah. just was in there, though. She just got in there. So the second that she tries to sneak up on Roman, he's just sitting there in the dark with a flashlight. Oh, hello, mother. Turns the flashlight right uh-huh. on her, right? Oh, you know what? I know all about your condition. And I could smell you the second I came in here. Oh, that's how bad she is. Yeah. She doesn't look bad, but it's because we, as the audience, are blinded to how the disease is really, like, coming up on her, right? Yeah. How decayed she is and how decrepit. Yes. Yeah, which I thought was a really cool, like, element for them to use in storytelling. Because then we're still on Olivia's side of, like, oh, maybe she can make it through this. You know, whether you like her or not, you Mm -hmm. know, she's a fun villain to to keep going on. (laughs) To keep rooting for her, just like a tag. Like, I kind of hope she gets the body just to see what happens. so evil. (laughs) Yeah. So she kind of crazy. Her just trying to chase down Roman. I was like, girl, yeah, I, I get you're trying, but no, no, she's too <laughs> it's weak. Not working. She's yeah, it's not going to work. She's way mm-hmm. too weak. Um, she even gets to the point where she grabs something. And she tries throwing it at him. Right, one of his like little decorations shows how desperate she is. Super desperate, and she starts even pleading with him, even saying like, "Oh, but I'm your mother. I love you." Right. And he's like, "Uh, no, I don't love you. I hate you. And no, you're not going to get into anybody else's body. I want you to die. Right? If you get into someone else's body, that's not going to result in your actual death. So die, witch, die. Um, Anyway, so she's, she's unable to get Roman. She goes to the White Tower. And guess who happens to be there? I kind of liked how Chango connected the dots there. Which is kind of funny because he almost seemed like he was... Well, he's a god, right? He's supposed to be this deity. And he happened to be omniscient in that case. And he said, hey, guess what? Shelly got in trouble with the cops. And she went over to... And then now she's at the White White Tower. So guess what? She's over there. You can waltz in and take her body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who's the only one that can take care of her right now? Yes. Yes. Or you should go to... Yes. Price. 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 So Price, of course, totally flat out refuses all this when he sees her come in. And it's... it. But the crazy thing is that... And we didn't expect... I didn't expect this to happen, that Shelly said yes. Because she's heartbroken and her mom's manipulative and played upon that. Yeah, but also Shelly's just mind state right now. Ator just left her. She's chemically induced by drugs. So she's not r- really in the right place right now to... To deal with everything and make rash decisions like mm-hmm. that. So yeah, yeah. So she broke into some random lady's house 
and just popped a bunch no, of pills. No, she broke Olivia's in house. Olivia's house. Oh, it was Olivia's house. Broke back in, got oh. the medicine. Oh, the medicine that she was taking before. Mm-hmm. Got it, mm-hmm. got it. Okay. So she took all that stuff, obviously got herself high, and she was just being silly. Anyway, so she she wants to die. She, she wants to be in digital heaven, as Olivia put it. Mm-hmm. Up in the cloud. Up in the cloud. <laughs> it's like a digital vacation and long <laughs> enough for you to build another body for her. And yeah. See? Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they're, they're about to do it. And what, what ends up happening? Actually, I'm kind of blanking on what happens with, with that. Shelly. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. It's coming back to me now. So they're about to do the whole procedure. And... She sees the memories on the screen from the previous consciousness transfer and visual representation of uh, Olivia's memories, or maybe it was a camera. I think maybe that was just regular security footage. Okay. (laughs) Why would it be there? Did Price... Oh, Price must have planned it out. Yeah, yeah. well, Price purposely played it so... So Shelly would figure out, hey, I don't want to give my body to this woman who literally just killed a father figure to me. That's right. You could see the pain on Price's face, like when he had to do it, because mm-hmm. because not only was Olivia saying yes, but Shelley was saying yes too. It was so invigorating and awesome to see Shelley lurch forward from her seat on the bed and choke the hell out of her Ooh. mother. That was great, and that was an awesome body slam. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yes. What'd you guys? What do you think? Well, Mary in Lee? like retrospect, now we know that she was more decayed than, like, we were seeing, I would have loved some kind of other sound effects of, like, body squishing or, like, if a, a piece came off of her or something oh. like that. Yeah, like a gurgling. Yeah, just yeah. because if the body's that much decayed, and we know Shelly's already really strong, mm-hmm. that like, if there was something that would have happened of, like, sh- like, she's so fragile, like, she just, like, immediately broke something on her. Maybe, like, burst a vein or something? Because her veins are popping out a lot on her head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked how it, it did get this dark with Shelly, because we saw in a couple episodes back, mm-hmm. Olivia choking Price. So it's like, she's getting a taste of her own medicine. It's about time someone, like, literally chokes the crap out of her. Exactly. She is so weak at this point. Like, it, but you know, of course, Shelly's super strong. But like, anybody could probably push over Olivia. Um, yeah. So she gets choked, and she ends up leaving, defeated. Mm-hmm. Price is like, "Don't you ever come into the White Tower again on my orders? No one is to let her in here." And I am very glad Shelly didn't kill her because she could have at that point. Yeah, yeah. she had one of the best lines though. Mm-hmm. What did she say? Um, I've always you know, been the monster or look like the monster. Like, I've always looked like the monster, but you've been the one who's the true monster. Yes. Yeah. I, I may that. I may look like one, but you're the one who's always the monster. It's, Bitch. <laughs> Whoa, that was a read. <laughs> yeah, it's such a great metaphor between the two of them, like mm-hmm. the external beauty and then internal beauty, and then versus you know what Olivia's got. She's she's great on the outside, but on the inside, she's got a black heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or uh, no heart. No heart. See, she's worse than the Grinch. <laughs> True. So let's talk about Price. He he played intricate parts. We already talked about a lot of the stuff he did. Um, but let's talk about some of the small things. Uh, he had Blinsky do so much work in the last several episodes. Poor Blinsky. <laughs> and Blinsky found the cure, or rather the, the weapon to destroy the Spivak creatures. Right, and then Price is so like... <sighs> He's going to think that he's so smart for this. Yeah. <laughs> I loved when he's talking into the recorder, 
this sub-mind, you know, so a, a lower-level mind figured this out, but I didn't. Yeah. He couldn't even, like, work himself up to admit that, yeah, someone else figured it out, not me. Yeah, I guess that's his failing, you know? That's that's what's terrible about Price is that he thinks, like, so lowly of a lot of people. He, you know, like, it's it's a little bit warranted because he's a really smart guy, but that's that leads to his undoing, right? Because mm-hmm. he's doing all these experiments. He's probably killed lots of people in the experiments, yeah. and 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 now it comes back to haunt him. Um, so he's mocking Blinsky, right? He he has Randall about to come over, right? After everything settled, pretty much like the, it's almost like the dust is settling a little bit, and Randall is supposed to join him. For, for dinner or like like meet him at the White Tower and then go out for dinner and the Greek guy comes in mm-hmm. and is it Roland? Uh, is it Randall or Roland? Oh Randall is the boyfriend. Yeah. Right? Randall's Price's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. But the Greek guy they never say his name, do they? They just no. say mm-hmm. Greek, Greek delivery guy. guy. <laughs> the Greek guy is here, the Greek gentleman's here. Mm-hmm. So he comes back and it's like he's got the Johan Price still rattling around in there. He pretty much goes nutso, and he, he accuses himself of trying to kill himself, and he's like, you know what, I'm going to take the first stab. Right. It was also just scary what the Greek guy was saying, because he's now having memories of what happened with when Price was in his head, so he can't distinguish what's his, what's his real life and what's Price's, and we're seeing a cat nailed in the kitchen to a wall. It's like, mm. yeah, that would be disturbing. Was it to the wall? I thought it was on, like, the t- countertop. Like, like it was like being cat. an autopsy. Yeah, a cat like, is being nailed. Yeah. But uh, it just shows just how split and unstable the mind is right now mm-hmm. with Price. With the consciousness transfer. Yeah. And you know what? That's, to me, that sounds like something Price did when he was probably really young, right? Mm. Yeah. So he probably did dissections on animals growing animals. up. Animals. And that's, you know, that's how he learned about animal uh, biology and structure. But at the same time, it's like... Mm, disturbing. It's disturbing. Because most serial killers start off with animals. Yeah. And you know what? He's, if anything, he's probably a mass murderer. Because, like, he's like a, he's like committed genocide. If you think, if you add up, like, the amount of bodies he's probably racked up mm-hmm. on his list with people he's done experiments on. Yeah, probably, and just covered it up as science. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's not too far <laughs> from the Nazis, but he just doesn't do anything to kids. A little bit close. Pretty close. So that's where, that's another, like, monster theme thing right there. You know, like, mm-hmm. Price is a monster that we've come to love because we know his backstory and we just we know his humor we see the real good in him is Mm -hmm. that he's come out of a dark place he's actually started a relationship with someone uh he's he's expressing his true self and he always unconditionally has showed love for shelly yeah and that's where with price i think we can attach to him versus like olivia who's never loved anything other than herself. Other than herself, yes. Yeah. So, like, she's got manipulative love, but where Price actually cared about Shelley. Yeah. And I think along the, the monster lines with Price is that his the biggest monster in his life, his his demons were his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was himself. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's what came back to bite him. So, the, the Greek guy cuts his abdominal aorta. He knows exactly what's cut. Oh, man. And he's just bleeding out because the abdominal aorta... Aorta is like the one of the biggest, um, the biggest uh, blood carrying vessels in the human body, mm-hmm. and if that thing is severed, there's no way you're gone. You're gonna bleed out in seconds, a few seconds. I was very mad when yeah. this happened. Yeah, 
I felt so bad. I was more so. I was like, "Wow, your your you your mind is literally killing yourself." Yeah, which is really sad. It's terrible. Um, and then I thought it was kind of interesting that right. There's always the with the new consciousness that it doesn't recognize price as price and doesn't understand the mind transfer thing because he is so smart. Like so with Olivia, I get that she's degraded and she doesn't understand what's happening. But with the new price in the Greek guy, that he wouldn't get what happened. Because isn't it like mm, yeah. up to date data? I don't know. Like, if, so that price consciousness yeah. should know about all the transfer I don't problems. Think, I don't know. Like I'm I'm not sure. It seems like maybe there's a relay like we're sinking. Right? Yeah. It's like sinking between <laughs> devices. Yeah. But it I don't know. I, I wanna say that it was only it wasn't synced. Like I wanna say like whatever consciousness he uploaded at that point, which is earlier in the season, uh-huh. then um pr- price has learned so much from, you know, since then about Oh, okay. It's not going to fully work, right. right? I've tried it on different people. I've tried it on Olivia, and mm-hmm. like it rejected it, you know, because it's not compatible, right? So that's right. Where I think that's where the experiment went wrong. And it could just be a degraded consciousness altogether, too. Yeah, I think I think it's exactly that. That the mm-hmm. more times they do it, the more degradation there is to the consciousness. It just mm-hmm. it's like splitting it up more and more times. But man, it sure it's made unstable. me think. Like I would love to put part of my consciousness in something else and talk to myself. That would be so It'd weird. Be so weird. <laughs> oh my gosh! We're oh. putting our minds into this podcast. We can listen to ourselves later. Yes. We, we have uploaded go. our consciousness <laughs> yeah. to the interweb. Yes. <laughs> so that's yeah. That's pretty much it for for that episode. Well, the last thing actually, the yeah. l- last thing. It's well, let's talk about uh, Peter uh, getting killed by Roman. All right. Let's. Is it well? First, before that, before like, that Annie yeah. even tells Peter yeah. the real truth, the real what truth. happened between Roman and Destiny. The Yes, that's right. And Peter is in total denial. There, he's at the playground with Nadia, and uh, he doesn't believe her. And what, like, why would he think she would lie? She's the most honest person in the show, really. Yeah, <laughs> at she this is. Point. And, you know, I'm just thinking. I was like, wow, they could be a really good couple. Yeah, I could have saw that happening. When, it's a shame. I know. When I saw her visiting him, I was like you know what, they could end up being together and it would be nice because it would continue the theme of them being with the same woman throughout each season. Oh, that would. How messed up would that be? Yeah, double dipping. (laughs) So funny. Keep it within. Yeah, but, um, yeah, she tells him everything and she's got the gun already loaded, Desert Eagle, with Heparin. Heparin? Heparin drilled into the front or injected into the front of each of the bullets the tip of the bullets and what is heparin did you look it up i looked it up so (laughs) heparin is an anticoagulant and so it it actually slows down the coagulation by a thousand fold coagulation of blood yeah so you get shot by that thing you're going to be bleeding out and those the desert eagle bullets are 50 caliber so those make huge holes as it is so he ends up going after him he says okay you know what i'm his friend i'm gonna do it myself instead of having annie do it annie she well does she go over to no she doesn't quite go over right away i'm thinking about the next episode yeah (laughs) so he goes after roman roman he gives uh annie nadia yes Yes. that's right Mm -hmm. and she takes nadia off to the the roma camp right yeah um and, and then we have roman at home thirsty goes out and he wants some food he's on the prowl he he wants to get a bj and some uh blood at the same time 
<laughs> Didn't he flash his thing at the girl? Yeah, he did. <laughs> like, ah, I can work with this. <laughs> this this guy, this guy. Like, how do you? How do I know you're not a cop? And then he shows his penis. <laughs> yep. Like, All right, sure. Yeah. So they were like. <clears throat> Easy answer. So um, he chomps down on her, uh, drains her quickly, right? She drops to the floor, and Peter used that GPS sync they had during the Spivak thing, which they never ta- turned off, which is so funny. Yeah, because even during that, I was like, why are they syncing GPS? Like, why are like, they still have sharing They're location? in the same house. They might... Okay. Yeah. Well, they but were... It, we see it come into play later, It came though. into play. And, and you know what? It was well done. I must say. It was. Like, it, it was like, okay, we forgot about that thing and it's still on. But it's not, it's funny because it's not like some, it, it kind of looked like it was an iOS, like, built-in kind of app, but it's not because you can't do that. You have to, like, get some third-party app to do it, which is kind of funny. And the ones that I use, they terminate after a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, we do know that Roman Godfrey has a lot of money and access to high technology, so... That's right. So could have been that too. Could have been a special phone or whatever. And uh, but Peter uses it against him. Doesn't have the balls to like really shoot him. I feel like his shot was like it immediately wasn't fatal. Like he hesitated. He tried to shoot him in like the. He tried to shoot him and it was just like off. You know, and he got him in the shoulder. Mm-hmm. He didn't really want to kill him. I feel maybe it was just to stop him. Just to stop. Or him. Or maybe he just has bad aim. Yeah, he probably doesn't shoot guns very often. He just likes to bite things. Mm-hmm. But he gets, he just gets uh, drained by Roman now. And I was like, oh, man. And I actually thought that was it for him, which was kind of like a crazy feeling. I was like, in memoriam again, we're going to talk about this at the top of episode nine. Peter dead. Peter oh, Romantic dead. It's like, you can't kill Peter. No, no I, I was upset by it because I was like, "You're going to take away Price and Peter in one episode. What's your finale going to be?" Exactly. Because I, I, I was already, I was still distraught from Price. So when they killed Roman, I was like, "Oh, I hate you all." I What's know. the point of this? It's like, and you can't leave a final episode with a character that we don't like. Like we, we don't want to follow a unlikable character for the last episode. Yeah. Then I was thinking that the last episode was going to be just like Olivia Roman stuff. Yeah, it could have been Olivia, Roman, them, the two antagonists remaining, and mm-hmm. then two. There's still two protagonists, two good people that could potentially kill them, which was Shelley could have mm-hmm. been one, and uh, mm-hmm. Annie. I keep wanting to say Camille, and Annie <laughs> could have been the other. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so it's it's possible, but as we know, that's not what happened. So they again, again within one day, we have Roman digging another grave. Putting his friend in. After he just got shot. I was like, hey, your shoulder should be hurting you right now. Seriously, right? He should have been bleeding out. Mm -hmm. Well, he was. Yeah. He was. He He had to go to Blinsky to stop the bleeding. That's right. He had to go to Blinsky in the next episode. Um, But he he buries him. This time he um, he puts a cloth over the face instead of just leaving the face... Um, uncovered. Instead of putting dirt right on him. Destiny. That showed the affection he had for Peter. Which is pretty nuts. Um, in a sick way. You know, Ro- Roman's got, like, a sick way of showing emotions to people. Mm, he does. Am I right? Like, But so does Olivia. Yeah. He's like, the apple doesn't fall far from that tree. Mm, that's terrible, because this whole, like, series, he's really been fighting against being his mother, but then he turns out to be exactly like his mother. Mm-hmm. It's a sad, sad fact. Like, the nature versus nature, the nature versus nurture thing yeah. is just like, dude... Dude, you still turned out to be your mom. Yeah. 
awful. Dun dun dun. But let's uh, let's go ahead and take a bit of a break from the following episode, episode 10, and let's do some special segments right now. So let's talk yeah. about our top Hemlock Grove moments, and then we're going to talk about things I learned from Hemlock Grove. So, Marissa, how about you start us off with your top Hemlock Grove moments? Okay. there. I, I mean, I picked three, like, probably very recognizable ones. Um, season one, episode five, Hello Handsome, of course, where we get Destiny possession. She eats the worm and then becomes possessed and has the voice. Awesome. Yeah, that was and awesome. It just shows the audience just how cool Destiny is and her capabilities of what she can do um, with that culture and her just her awesome abilities in general. That was probably the episode was like, dude, Destiny is a force not to be reckoned with. Seriously. Mm-hmm. And the, I loved how she had the huge black contacts in her eyes. Mm-hmm. It, it was amazing. And she did such a great job. She really freaked me out. I was like, wow, this is like a really, really different kind of show. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Um, well, mine was actually going to be, that was my top okay. one also. You can go back so, and forth. So I'm actually going to go to my next one, which is her drowning and using her psychic abilities yes. from the drownings, which was so cool. Again, not something you ever see in any television show movie where you have to drown yourself. The character has to drown herself in order to get some kind of vision so she can like solve or move the plot along. Amazing, amazing thing. And I love the whole sequence that happened where she is like outer body experience in the, the warehouse where the, the cult is, right, in season two. And at the same time, it keeps going back and forth between that and her face under the water. It's so iconic that she's actually had a fan art of that and posted, and Theo Horn has posted it on her Instagram. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it's, it's such a great, memorable moment. It's an awesome scene, and the way they filmed it, it was like the audience feels like they're also drowning, which, you know, it's never good, but <laughs> very effective. Um, another one was uh, season two, episode nine, called Tintypes. That's where probably the last real bro moment between Peter and Roman when Peter's turned against the moon one too many times and he's having a hard time changing back from werewolf to human. And Roman rips open the werewolf body, digs Roman out, yeah. or digs Peter out. Yeah, That's dig- awesome. Yeah. That was an awesome scene. And it yeah, it really did show how much he cared how much they care for each other, yeah. right? Uh, Peter had to turn so many times that season just because he wanted to save so many people all the time. And he realized, like, hey, I have this, like, untapped power. I might as well just keep doing it, yeah. even though it's risky. And with, you know, Roman strength, he could withstand going up against the Vargulf. Mm-hmm. Um, him, him pulling him out was just like, dude, seriously, so cool. Yeah, and my favorite moment of the whole thing was when we first see Peter change Oh, that yeah. was the best werewolf transformation I've seen in any show ever. Yeah. yeah. So it's in season one. Yep. Episode, it's like one. episode one. Right at the beginning. And I, that's what hooked me into this show. I was like, these people are nuts. Yeah. <laughs> he has to eat his own body. Yes. Yeah. That's something we've never seen either in yeah. any any form of media where the werewolf transformation, like the werewolf eats mm-hmm. his human skin afterwards. And it's like shedding skin, mm-hmm. which is always we see like they transform and it's kind of like the wolf emerges. Right. Like they just like, the body changes. They, they it's grow. like a morphing. Yeah, it's like a morphing. Like they grow the fur, the mm-hmm. fur extends or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the, the bones crack. The bones crack here too, but it's like from inside, mm-hmm. from within. So cool. So cool. Um, <laughs> uh, favorite top moments. Another top moment for me is 
Price using his dictation recorder device. <laughs> what, yeah. It's so memorable. So many times. So ma- he's had, uh, we've had Joel De La Fuente. <laughs> I, like, I've seen, we've had him on so many times. Um, I've, I've looked at his Twitter account and I've seen so many times where fans tweet at him saying, like, the, some of the lines, like, I must check this. Stop. Semicolon. Period. Right? It's just <laughs> full stop. Full stop. stop. It's just such an <laughs> iconic thing uh, for Price to do that, and he does it throughout. I thought it was so weird at first. I was like, "This guy's a really kooky scientist." But the more we watched this the seasons, the more we loved it and we wanted that. And they didn't do it every episode, but the episodes it happened in were just priceless. Every mm-hmm. time he was doing it, they had to work in such great lines. And I think it's also the just the, the delivery of him speaking into recorder mm-hmm. that he's he's more willing to like express all of his emotions through a dictation phone recorder through, than you know actually speaking to someone yeah. else about his work. It, yeah, it's actually a really good writing and, and plot driving device for or for us to actually not really plot driving but more like allowing us to see his like inner monologue. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Through science. <laughs> Through science, yes. Any other favorite moments? Oh, yeah. Well, I would say in this one, in this season, definitely drumming. Like, crazy price <laughs> drumming. Oh, yeah. Amazing. It was, like, beautifully shot. And Joel's just impressive in general. So, I would I would put that, like, you know, I know because it's a recent one. It, it maybe doesn't seem his favorite, but I like right. it a lot. I like that one, too. Um, again, with Price. Price just had, like, so many of the best moments. Um, mm-hmm. Techno Bang Club. Techno Bang Club. (laughs) One of the best things that ever happened on this show. It's just, wow, really? Bryce, this is your personal life. This is so crazy. It's like a revelation. And it's like, and we got to make fun of it here on the show. (laughs) It's cool. Um, And and I think, uh, did you have any other favorite Uh, moments? No, those are my top. This is my, what about you, Mary Lou? I'm good. This is my last one. The very first scene of Hemlock Grove, where we get to see who... But we don't know the character's name, but we get to see who our main character is. Roman Godfrey eating ice cream, mm-hmm. seeing this girl getting into his car and banging her. Yeah. In his car in the middle of the day, paying the girl off and being like, oh, you don't know me. You don't know who I am. Right. Peace out. And Bye. it shows his character hasn't really grown. No. Mm-hmm. It's like he's been through a lot, but he hasn't really changed. The only thing that's changed is he's graduated from high school. He's still a rich, spoiled brat. And he just has a nicer car. That's about it. Right. And he graduated from, you know, being a jerk to now just an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> so. A total ass. E- evil, almost as evil as his mother now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this whole show's only spanned, what, like a year or two? Yeah. Yeah. In their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's That's it. pretty nuts. Pretty crazy. Um, all right. Uh, let's, let's talk about some things I learned from Hemlock Grove. Mary Lou? Things I learned. Well, that any... You could be enemies with somebody and they come together, but they still can turn on you in the end. True. You know? And that's that's like a life lesson. So Mm -hmm. trust no one, I guess. Very true. I learned so much in this show. Um, I learned that I am okay with losing amounts, hours of sleep by doing research on every episode because it's just fascinating. All the knowledge that's out there that we don't know, like things about the Romani culture, things about science, things about life in general, how people interact with each other. There's just so many interesting things about every episode. It's like, oh, hey, that's cool. They brought that up. And then they did a lot of historical references, too, because some of these characters lived back in those times where we 
currently haven't. And I I liked how they, um, you know, put history in and still made it relevant to this day. Mm-hmm. Are those your Olivia glasses that you brought? These are not even mine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, these these are just, just like sitting on the table. <laughs> oh, they oh, were. Do they belong to? They're not mine. I mean, either. I could definitely have the Jackie O glasses that they and made a pen. in yeah. the show. Seriously. Total. There we go. <laughs> there you go. You're but you're dressed Olivia. more like Olivia, so Mary I think Lou. it works with you. Yeah, you should I wear need a big hat also. Yes, now you need a huge hat. Whoever left these sunglasses, thank you. They work Perf- for completing Boom. the outfit. Perfect. <laughs> um, what did I learn? I learned be. I learned this is so cliche, but I learned to be yourself and be who you are at heart. Oh, because <laughs> oh, thanks, ladies. Because. Price and Shelly, like, they, they had a lot of that internal struggle. Shelly was really obvious with her. But Price, he, he, it was, like, so uh, hidden. He really hid himself for a lot of the series. Um, and it, it wasn't until just three, four episodes ago that we got to learn that, who like, what his personal life is. And that he's gay, you know? It's like, dude, like, he's always been, like, holding back. He's been torturing himself. And he, and finally, like, when he realizes what he's been doing, he's like, you know what, I, I can't do this anymore. But, you know, it's it's sad that he had later on, well, no, actually, this past episode, it's sad that in episode nine, he had to, you know, he had to come to that end. But it's, it was at least nice that he got a relationship, you know, he got to express himself, he got to be at peace, he got his sanity back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... I think yeah, being yourself is, like, really important, even if you come to, like, a bitter end at some point. Was there anything else? Oh, I think it's, like, beauty's not just what it is on the outside. It's also skin deep. And it's also you want to surround yourself with people who will see you for who you are. Yes. And yeah, that's a good one. And, it's, and especially true with, with Shelly, right? Yeah, especially where, so where Shelly. We've, we talked about that, how she's looks like a monster a chaotic face as Ator put it mm-hmm. on the outside but on the inside she's just got such a sweet tender timid beautiful soul right yeah. uh, and I think that also just goes with Annie I mean she's beautiful on the outside but she was also beautiful on the inside too so it's like yeah people like that you, you want to surround yourself with yeah exactly um, monsters are people too so <laughs> Even yeah, it sounds kind very of true. it's very ironic, but it's it's like it's totally contradictory to the common thought. But even though we have like the real antagonists in the show, uh, like Olivia, Roman, uh, Spivak, right? Spivak, he's actually just he's like a throwaway kind of monster. That guy's like through and through, he's an evil guy. But we know that Price is a bad dude from his past because he's killed a lot of people in experiments. We know that Roman is a bad guy now from a lot of the things he's done now, even though he had a lot of cool hardy boy moments, cool bromance. Mm-hmm. He saved some people here and there, right? We, uh, you, you still can't, like, you can still look at them, though. And if you judge, yeah, sure, we can judge him by his actions now. We can judge Olivia by her actions now. But look at the past they had, too. Like, they really had, like, a tumultuous rocky past and that shaped who they are today you know and it's it's really sad like you you can take pity on them looking at their past am i like downing you guys like totally buzzkill on this episode it's like it's it's sad because it's true yeah and i think roman and olivia could have had a better relationship had they just worked their shit out now had they talked to each other before yelling at each other they should talk to each other because they were so quick to blame each other and judge 
for their actions and what they what they they were currently doing, but they never really took the time to communicate and work out the problems like a mother and son would. Exactly. They they thought like money and power would solve everything, but yeah. it didn't. It, it was funny because I didn't think that the show would end up like this. I'm glad it did. But the way it started, season one, it was, like, so simple. And the relationships were very real relationships. Like, a, a, a son trying to rebel against his mother. The mom, like, even though she, like, has some antagonism towards him, she still takes care of him, right? He still lives in her house. At the end, they almost seem like they make things up, right? Like, they, they make they make everything okay again. But as the series progresses, that's where it gets just really nuts over the course of a year. Yeah, it's not okay. It's yeah. far from okay. Yeah, it's far from okay. Uh, was it... Did you have anything else that you learned? I have, um, have some more things. Yeah, go for it. Uh, uh, we... We all have our story to tell. So I guess that's kind of along the same lines with mm-hmm. with the uh, monsters or people, too. But, uh, yeah, and, and I think the last thing I want to say is that... the And I'm going to steal this from Stephen Lemieux if he's our producer. Uh, but it's that it's good to have a night during the week to hang out with your friends and watch TV shows, your favorite shows, and just talk about them, too. Mm -hmm. Because it's, like, super important. It helps you bond with people that you never... Like, especially with us, because we're, like, we're friends now, but really, like, before we started working on this show, we, like, hardly knew each other. Mm -hmm. And to be able to, like, bond and connect with people over something, like, a shared medium, it's a really great thing. Oh, God. And, and I've learned, yes, that's great. And I learned all of our guests who've been on our show are awesome. Just yeah. awesome people in general. And you can see the love that they have for each other and just the love that they put into this show. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it definitely translates. Yeah, and it's it was really, I feel like it was really a passion project for a lot of these actors and the showrunners, too. Be, because it's like, it's, Hemlock Grove has not gotten the recognition I feel that it deserves. It has thousands of followers on Instagram and Facebook. Like, yeah, I think it's in the tens of thousands, if not like hundreds of thousands now. But I feel like it, it just hasn't gotten the press that it's deserved, if, especially for this last season, which is a huge climax yeah, to the it's series. Right. Well, I would but. hope now that all three are complete. Sometimes people like to see like everything all together. Yeah. And now they know that this is a show that's got a beginning all the way to the end that you can binge watch and eat all the ice cream you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, well, uh, let's go ahead and do some... Uh, I want to do one more special segment before we go to uh, episode 10. And this one's going to go a little bit faster. I wanted to do last words. So, last words for Price. <laughs> he said uh, no one should... No one should have advantage from his own wrong. Oh my. Abdominal aorta. A small favor. It's so... What do you guys think he was going to say? Those were his last words. Beautiful. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mary Lynn? I think wonderful. That, like, the freedom of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, isn't that crazy that he, they left it like that? That yeah. the showrunners said... that They had him say, it's so... And they just left it open for us to interpret what he was going to say. Because um, yeah, he's that, at the point where he's doing... He's reaching a point that he's brought so many other people to. Yeah. In death. And it's just crazy because he's a man with so many words and then he couldn't even finish his last thought. That's right. He's so, he's been so loquacious, Mm -hmm. so chatty, wordy, very like verbose in his words. Yes, and those are all very open ended. Yes. No full stop on that one. No full stop. He, it's like he just left the recorder on for that Mm -hmm. one. I was going to say like, it's so painful. 
he's I don't think he's ever complained of pain really right mm. um maybe he could have said that he could have said dark like he knows mm. like it's coming now and there's nothing out there for him nothing up there even though he's like uploaded himself into the cloud yeah. so what <laughs> like there's still darkness coming for you right even right. even if your consciousness isn't in, in another creature or another mm-hmm. human th- your body that contains the other the alternate consciousness the first if you will the original mm-hmm. That thing is going to be extinguished. Yeah, it's still going to die. Well, and yeah. I think even to the end, he was analyzing it all. Yeah, he's just like it's it's so whatever his analyzation of it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, beautiful. I think you said that wonderful. Maybe. Yeah. Short. He could have said it's so short, mm-hmm. like this life is, and he he made a lot of references to Olivia's like long, terrible, immortal life. Right, and he in his life was really short. We didn't get to know Price very well. I I want like a Price like prequel, or some kind of spinoff. You know, um, yeah. So that's that was his. Those were his last words. And I actually want to go ahead to Olivia's last words uh, too. So I want to jump ahead a little bit, but we're going to talk about episode ten. We still have a lot of time left yeah. on our show. <laughs> um, so she said. What do you mean you're leaving? Thank you all. And to all a good night. Those were her last words. Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys think of those? I found it so sad because we, I mean, not to jump ahead, but we find out her greatest fear was n- to perform badly for other people. And then people leaving her at the end of all that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it just it came full circle with her that, hey, that, that's it because... Her her show and her time is literally up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also think that it's it's also like a kind of like it's a cue from the writers, the showrunners of Hemlock Grove. Like, hey, that, it's kind of like Porky Pig signing off. Like, beep beep beep. That's all, folks. Maybe that's what the whole beep beep. beep, beep maybe that's what it was. It. The whole beep beep beep. I was like mm-hmm. beep beep beep. Like digital clock. Like, why not tick tick tick? I was thinking heartbeat. Heartbeat, mm, oh, like a heart monitor. That's a really good one, actually. Yeah, that's that's probably what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and lastly, Roman's last words: "Just do it." Just do it. And it wasn't a Nike commercial. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so he said, "Just do." It. You know what? He he just wanted to get his like. I feel like he just wanted to get his like tortured life over with. What did you guys think? Yeah, it was very much a, like as my friend set me free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's really sad. Be done with it. Super, super duper sad. Because for him, like, at that point, which, of course, we'll get into it more later, but his body is, like, paralyzed now, and he realizes it, and he's like, I don't want to be this. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's like, just do it. Just get it. Be my friend. Yeah. Be a friend. And just do it. <laughs> yeah. Just do it. Rip my heart out with the oh. teeth. Seriously. Oh, man. And here we come to it. We come to episode 10. The final episode of Hemlock Grove. Brian Song. 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 Marissa, you had a theory on what Brian Song means? Well, I believe (laughs) it's probably an O2 Brian McGreevy, who is the author of Hemlock Grove, the first book, which all this is based off of his story. So um, I was watching the episode multiple times. I'm like, there's no connection to a Brian other than Brian McGreevy. Yeah, that's what I thought too, because there there was no Brian that popped up in there that I was like, oh, it must be Brian McGreevy. Brian McGreevy. Yeah, yeah. That I, it's his I, last song. I agree with you. I, t- I couldn't see anything else. Um, but if our fans out there do think of something else, you guys can tweet it at us. So be sure to do that. So the episode starts off with like, um, with or Brian was the name of the little Spivak. <laughs> <laughs> Brian survived. 
Um, okay, let's let's talk about Olivia. Let's start this thing off with a bang. She is delusional. Am I yes, right? Yes, that she is. Totally delusional. Um, see, we already know about... Completely daydreaming now. Her mind is gone. Yeah, so she... she, she every time she daydreams... That's got to be when she's, like, doing the self-cannibalism stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So she sees herself. I think the episode, like, one of the big things in the episode is, like, she's always on the stage, right? Mm -hmm. And she can't remember what her lines are. Someone has to help her. She doesn't end up doing it, right? She's still, like, and people are laughing at her. Right, and she—they have like tomatoes, that, or not? Yeah, they so don't have tomatoes. If I had a tomato, <laughs> <laughs> if I had a tomato, I'd throw it at that lady. Did you know the the actual line she was uh, referring to? Yes, I do. Yeah. I wrote it down. Uh, did you write it down? Yeah, of course. Go ahead. Um, it's from it's Lady Macbeth says the line is from Macbeth Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. It's the the monologue that Lady Macbeth Macbeth says. Right after she killed someone. And she's trying to get the blood out of her hands. And it's the moment where she's feeling guilty, but she's trying to convince herself she did the right thing. Very good. Now, I love Macbeth. I I do not remember that particular scene. I know it's an important (laughs) scene, but I'm just like... Oh, my God. It's such it's such a great play. And I think we've actually referred to her as Lady Macbeth in previous podcasts that we've done. Mm-hmm. Like, just the way she is, the way her character is, she's very much like this this evil woman who's, like, convincing others to, like, partake in her, her evil her ways. Her scheming, yeah. right? For power. She's conniving. Money. Yeah. And, and am I imagining this, or did she mention at some point that that was her first role? It was something else. It was... Oh, no, it was Lady Macbeth, I think. Wasn't it? Yeah. She said that last episode. She's her, her first, yeah, maybe. I think it, yeah. To recall, I yeah. think it was Lady Macbeth. Yeah, that's got it. That makes a lot more sense now. So she said, "Hell is murky, fie, my lord, fie," and um, a soldier of and of feared. We need no, we, what we fear. Who knows it? When none can call our power to account. Yeah, who would have thought the old man to have had so much blood in him? Dun, dun, dun. Shakespearean, you know. Is this when she helped to kill? I am a contaminator kills you. This is when she, like, helped Lady Macbeth, where she helped to kill Macduff? Yep. Right? Or not Macduff. Uh, Duncan, sorry. Duncan, Duncan, the king. Right. And, uh, yeah, she is, like, guilt-ridden by her crime. Act 5, scene 1. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Act 5, scene 1. She's totally guilt-ridden, and she's revealing her crime to everybody. She can't help it. Like, she can't contain everything and i feel like that's what olivia is now like she her body is breaking down her mind is breaking down she's spouting things off to this imaginary character that's beside her all the time she's telling everybody her internal thoughts right Mm -hmm. there's even that scene in last episode where she was like talking with uh talking with uh she was was talking with chongo sorry and shelly and price are across the room and she's like oh i haven't said anything be quiet and then, she, and then they're like, they think she's really talking to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because she's just so nutso. And for a few episodes, she hasn't even acknowledged the fact that, like, she's aware that other people don't see Chango. Because at one point, she she was in the elevator and people had Bluetooth headphones. And she's like, oh, I should get one of those. Yeah. Where she still, like, acknowledged that people don't see him. Yes. But now, she just doesn't care. No, she doesn't care. Yeah. Her, her mind is completely broken down. Um, let's see. So... 
what, what else happens? She calls, uh, she calls Annie. Am I skipping over anything? She calls Annie several times. Several <laughs> times. It's funny the progression in the voicemail. It's like a desperate <laughs> ex-girlfriend. Desperate <mother>. hey. <laughs> or desperate mother. Yeah, yeah, even better. So she's like, she starts off all happy and nice and then it gets kind of urgent. Right? I would have liked to have heard the time index between yeah. the calls. <laughs> so it gets more urgent and then the last one is like, did you get my calls? Did you get my calls? You should be heading over here now. Come on, check up on your mother, your sickly mother. And she gets there, right? Annie, I'm surprised that Annie didn't come with, like, a weapon, you know? That surprised me, too. Yeah. I was like, Annie, you do not go into that place unarmed. (laughs) Especially with the info that Annie drops in there, that she knows that Olivia killed her father. Well, in fairness, she just... Gave her guns to Peter. And the knife. Yeah. Uh, she could have bought an extra one while she yeah. was out there. <laughs> she could have. She could have. But you know what? It's, I don't know. I guess it's her mother. She she doesn't want to do anything to her, even though she knows she's probably dangerous. Which is crazy, because we haven't seen Olivia do anything violent towards Annie yet. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why. Maybe she doesn't believe that she could be that mm-hmm. bad. I don't think she was expecting to what happened. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, except that she did reveal a huge storyline, a background for Olivia with Dimitri. There's a gap. We don't know. We didn't know what happened to him when he rode off. But uh, then she she actually reveals that Annie knew everything. She got the story from all the villagers in that town. And it's that Dimitri rode off and Olivia couldn't take it that he rode off because she thought he was leaving her, abandoning her. So she went after him and tore his body apart. Mutilated. Mutilated. All over the town square. All over the place. His body parts just probably in the fountain of the town, in the well, or in the in the streets. Well, Olivia did not take her first heartbreak well. No, she didn't. And she was pregnant with Annie while doing that. Imagine, like, I'm so glad she didn't pass on her, like, terribleness genes into Annie. Right. I think mm-hmm. that might be nature versus nurture, too. Exactly. Because Annie didn't grow up with Olivia. She didn't. She wasn't raised by her. Um, but now we know what happened to him and her doing that, it got, it riled up Olivia. It, it made Olivia show her true colors and that's where she bites her. I thought she was going to drain her right there because I was, I was thinking to myself, there's no way she must know that Price is dead. Like, didn't she try to go back there mm-hmm. at some point or like, do, or Price kicked her out. How could she go into the White Tower again? All the guards are going to say no. Blinsky. Blinsky. He's the only one who could she possibly... had a backup. Yeah. Because, you know, when she went back in there, not to jump ahead, when she went back in, she had blackmail on Blinsky. She's like, you're still going to do this. I don't care. She did her homework on Blinsky. Mm-hmm. Poor Blinsky. <laughs> Poor Blinsky, man. Yeah. He in, just, like, got the wrong job. She sure did. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I liked his character, actually. He turned out to be a good guy. He's kind of like like a, a patsy, kind of a jerk sometimes, you mm-hmm. know? like what Price should have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, he... He ends up, like, actually being kind of cool and just saying, no, 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 hey, I'm going to set you free, right? Mm -hmm. He, like, undoes the cuffs while she's distracted with Chango over in the corner. (laughs) Right. And she ends up running. uh, uh, To the module. Yeah, into the module. He closes the doors on Annie. I love her line. What's up with you and locking people in this thing? (laughs) Right. Yeah, it was so good. And And then to jump back a little bit, I liked her, this being how we wrap up Olivia and Price is that we're like, well, oh, Price is dead. And, and she's like, okay, well, you do this. Yeah. yeah. It shows how much she cared. Care. Yeah. yeah. Even though she said he was a worthy adversary. Yeah. And that was probably the last nice thing she uh, she ever said to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where she was in acceptance mode. 
right there. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have the craziest stuff happen ever, and it didn't take long for it to happen. She was in there for like a minute, and Blinsky's like, okay, fine, I'll open the door. It's Oh, it's so bloody. It's taking me too long, right? It's all delay. And that's where we have Annie wise up and say, you know what? I'm going I'm I'm to lo- blow myself up. I'm going to fire myself. Oh. She turned on all the tanks of gas, right? Who mm-hmm. knows what kind of gas it was? And she just electrocuted herself. All the sparks set the gas ablaze, and she burned herself to hell. You can't have my body. Nope. But I loved what she said to Olivia right before that. What was it? Brilliant. Um, I prayed uh, that you know faith and the love of God, no matter. The grace of the Lord will find you and transform you into everything uh, you're not. Perfect, whole, and complete. I do. I do, my man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. Oh. Crazy. Even to the end, she still, like, in a way, she still has, like, love for her mother. Which is yeah, crazy. like, she was still hoping for the best for Olivia. It's like, what a good person she was. I know, I know. And you know what's funny is that when we had Camille Depati in here, and she was telling us that Annie makes some decisions that, like, don't necessarily, like, she wouldn't have chosen, or she, like, kind of, like, look down at those decisions mm-hmm. she didn't really make any too like too many bad decisions actually she she made all the right ones yeah, more so yeah she actually i felt like annie was an upir monk in a way like she was mm-hmm. very pacifistic she didn't want to hurt anybody she gave everyone guidance and means to do what they needed to do but overall she didn't do any she was like a jedi actually <laughs> she did what she needed to do to keep the peace mm-hmm. right and she she never wanted to kill anybody, never wanted to take power or money. She just wanted to live a simple and, like, giving life, really. The only thing she couldn't give was her body to her mother because her mother would have done evil with it. Mm-hmm. So instead she... She's not having it. <laughs> she set herself on fire, blew herself up, pretty much. Set herself free? Set herself free, set her mother free. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Olivia has no choice now. Super deep. And and then we get to see Olivia with those lines that we heard. Um, uh, actually, you know what? I want to back up a little bit because she had a conversation with Chongo that was pretty cool. Do you guys remember that? So she's on stage again, mm-hmm. but this time she's with she's with Chongo, and he's like introducing her to everybody. Um, even before that, they're talking about like love and like she. It was so deep, actually, for her character. They were uh, Chongo was telling her like, "Hey, you're." public loves you look at these criticisms or Mm -hmm. reviews rather look at these reviews everybody's saying she's the next julia christie Mm -hmm. whatever that means whoever that is (laughs) right Uh, she's london's answer to this or that or whatever and it's like wow leading lady olivia never saw herself as being loved by anybody she always thought the worst of people thinking like what they thought of her but behind the scenes people probably did love her for certain things it's just that she didn't think it was good enough because for some reason she was always doubting herself or that the fact that people only liked her as as an actress as a personality and i think that's why we got her in the first season why she was so over the top dramatic that was the actress side of her Mm -hmm. that was the only way people actually showed somewhat affection towards her so i think that's what she was in love with was the actress personality. Mm-hmm. I feel like Famke Johnson did such an amazing acting job this season. 
she de- like that Olivia's character developed from like what we knew her as to just such a de evolution. It just spun my head. Mm-hmm. Like these last two episodes with her like talking to herself, with her like pleading with her son who's like trying to kill her. The acting was just through the roof, man. Yeah, so I f- good. I feel like she deserves an Emmy for this, you know? Like, yeah, I know she this whole show does. Some kind of nomination, really. She did it in such a way that was so balanced that it was comical. There were definitely comical moments, but you still felt the d- degrade of her personality. Like, the full, like, just, it's fallen apart, but it's funny. Like, so we're watching, we're like, oh my gosh, it's so funny to see Olivia do these things. But she, it's balanced in a way that's not like, eh, this is not a character of Olivia. This is Olivia falling apart. Yeah. Right. I think it's just crazy how Olivia's character just came, became full arc. And like you said, the, the, the dissolving of her character, the disintegration more so. Because we started in season one and she's so beautiful and gorgeous and so all about vanity. And in the end, that's what also just kind of killed her too. Which was just ironic for her character in and of itself that vanity she started off beautiful and then she ended literally deformed yeah so that's mm-hmm. just a complete turn for her character her vanity killed her prices um his vanity for his own intellect killed him right and uh and then we have uh peter peter and roman we have roman's like obsessive love for peter kill him there's so mm-hmm. many, like, it, it's just all these ironies that happen mm-hmm. in this like series. Twisted relationships. Let's let's talk about, um, so what happened at the very end, before we talk about Peter and Roman, the, at the very end, Olivia's there. She's to- we get to see her in all her infected oopierness. She's chewing on her own arm, and she's spouting off those lines from, like, she's there in front of the stage, in, you know, in front of her audience, right? Mm-hmm. And sh- And then she says, like, you know, Thanks, thanks to all, and all, you know, all have a good night, right? Something like that. Thank you all, and to all a good night. And to all a good night. It's like, isn't it? That's what Santa says, <laughs> <laughs> right? So it's it's just. But like, that's what an actress say when they have yeah. a standing ovation, and that's when they walk off the stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exit stage right. Exit stage right. And wow. she looked so like awesome. I was like really impressed with the design of, you know corpse olivia yeah her Mm -hmm. hair was falling out she was balding uh you could tell where she had been chewing on her arms Mm -hmm. and her body and eyes were messed up their eyes were messed up uh she looked putrid and she had uh she had annie's corpse in her hands holding it which was so it's so funny that that happened you know like that's kind of like how olivia started her life really like Mm -hmm. she started her life with child and mm-hmm. now she's ending her life with that same child. And the same child. Full wow. circle. Wow. Like a snake chasing its tail. Like yep. a snake chasing its tail. <laughs> oh my gosh. So crazy, man. Like I, I really loved what they did with like her storyline just mm-hmm. ending. Amazing. Well, let's talk about Peter and Roman. Okay, and their storyline really comes full circle as well, if you think about it, where they end up. Yeah. Uh, but let's I will say I was so happy for you when we had some <laughs> some Destiny cameo. I was like so happy Destiny. too. I was like, okay. Usually, when characters die in shows, and you keep seeing them come back, like, no, they're supposed to be dead. It's not making their death effective. But this death was like so effective already. It's like, no, I just wanted to see the character back, and the fact that she came back for 
two appearances. I was like, yes, Destiny, you can't go down like that. Yeah, and it completely made sense that she would appear, too, because she was this spiritual being. Right, and in such a Destiny character way. It's mm-hmm. like, that's exactly what she would say. Not like Angelic, but just straight-up Destiny. Yeah, I like that, too, because they're obviously her spiritualism and her culture, it's very, very different than, than like, a typical angel or, or even with, like, Chango showing up. Like, he was, like, a really flamboyant character mm-hmm. where we have, you know, her, Destiny, coming in. She's just, she's just her. Like, just like you said. She just comes in and is just like, hey, Peter, now I'm here. Mm-hmm. You were, yep, you're dead, but you're, you're kind of not dead, so you might as well just wake up and get out of it. Yeah. And I forgot about that. When this episode started and we had him there, like, floating. I was like, whoa, okay, so is this limbo for him? And then I realized, oh, man, he's not going to be dead. Like, I was, like, cheering because I realized that Peter or Roman didn't cut off his head. Yeah. Peter's head's still intact. That means the Vargulf still lives. Or, sorry, the wolf still lives. The wolf still lives. And he dug himself out of the hole. Or was it the pack? Yeah, his pack friends dug him out, which is great. I was like, all right, friends, those are your true friends getting But then we never saw them again, though. No, but that was enough. Yeah. I was like, I'm glad that there were other people still looking out for Peter. Yeah. Yeah. I half expected him to wake up and then just have a bunch of naked dudes sitting around him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here. But we did see that time there there was that cut where they showed the forest and we saw hours have passed and mm-hmm. Peter's fully clothed. I was like, okay, his friends gave him clothes. Ah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, because he should have woken up naked. Yes, he should have. Because he was in a wolf form, or was he not? In no, he, he was, was just not. in body form. No, no, yeah. he was. He yeah. wasn't. But he, he was in body form. You know, yeah. But he didn't. He did not turn into a wolf. He was right. clothed when but he was clothed when Roman put him in the ground. That's mm-hmm. right. He was just dirty. Yeah, pretty but much. They unearthed him. Yeah, I wanted. I'm kind of on the fence about it being his friends or not, though. The pack. Oh, it's just wolves. I like think forest wolves. wolves. I could have. Yeah, I think it could have just been forest wolves, just sensing him, like sensing a, a fellow wolf in need, if you will. Maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. We'll never know. Now packs look out for each other, though, so it mm-hmm. would make sense. Yes. So he gets dug out. Thankfully, he had that cloth on his face to preserve some air. Mm-hmm. Am I right? And I it, love that line, though. I was like, he's still breathing, he's still alive. Yes, so good. You're running out of oxygen. I was like, all right, yeah. she's alive. Yes, it was And good. she was so great in accepting in her death, too, where she's like, like, well, I'm dead. <laughs> we didn't have to be here, but here we are. <laughs> well, yeah, it was great. It's for good. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then with Roman, we talked about this already, he, he got shot by that Desert Eagle fifty caliber. He had the heparin on the, the bullet, which did not coagulate his blood. So Blinsky did surgery on him. Um, wasn't very reluctant about it, I guess. He just said, like, okay, I'm going to help you out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I guess he doesn't see Roman the same way that everybody else but, does. By the way, Price just died. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. And he didn't even care, man. Yeah. Roman's just like, Meh, whatever. Yeah. Um, Get this bullet out. But let's fast forward a little bit to the guards. If I'm missing anything, let me know. Um, but he realizes that Nadia's gone, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the the new babysitter, he, which was such a funny line when Poor he, girl. yeah, the, she was cute. Right? The first thing I wrote down was cute babysitter, <laughs> and and it was so funny because I was like, is he gonna like do something with her later on? Are they gonna have a fling? And then we have Peter walking down the stairs saying everything that we're thinking, which is like. Hey, is she going to take care of your daughter and breastfeed you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's like, she has a master's. 
Oh, all right. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so funny. So funny. But anyway, so that's how he realizes that Nadia is gone. And when he gets to the White Tower, he gets his crack team together to go find her and they're like wait that's not her job function he's like and he knows and when i when, <laughs> and they were right but then he prefaced it with hey price told me you guys are all black ops people so don't bs me go out there and find my daughter and this agent get annie annie um, what was her name Amenberg or something like that i totally missed it yeah no but the, pretty much like your target is annie take her down take her down get the girl back and the fact that like he's pinning the the shooting that just happened they're like it's all because of her it's like wow. no it's not dude he manipulated it but he was doing so what manipulative. he was do- doing what olivia does totally yep totally. for his own gain oh yeah so um we have them actually go well, he, before, I, th- I think, I'm not sure if it was before or after this, but anyway, there's a forest conversation <laughs> where we had him go out to find the body, right? Because he had a feeling, but did he have a feeling or what? Something happened where he's like, wait, Peter might not be dead. And he goes out there to the forest and he sees that the grave is open and um, and then Peter calls him. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. he has Peter's phone the whole time. So he's been texting and he's like, where's the baby? He texts. Yes. Uh, Annie, Annie, and then as you know, now he's trying to get a hold of Annie. So is that how he figured out that Peter's still around, or did he? He just felt yeah, like I going think, out to the forest. Yeah, I think he. Okay, so he tried. He called Annie. He saw Annie. Is that his car? I feel like that was his car. His is old the Mercedes Benz. No, the little red car. The little red car red from car. first season. I feel like that was his car. You don't think so? He, he had a different car. It was not that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, but Annie has that car now. So I feel yeah. like she did. He give it to her. Whatever. Anyway, so she drives off. He knows it's her car, and he's like, oh. And then she spots him, too, like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) He's alive, and, you know, it's like, okay, whatever. So they both know that there's something going on, and that's where he probably checks to go see the forest. Well, who said the line that was like, hey, you didn't cut off the head, or ripped out the heart, too, or something like that? Um, Someone said it. I forgot. Mm -hmm. No, but well, I, I know yeah, that Annie would, was telling Peter like he's you have to like you shoot him, but you have to pull out the heart. Oh yeah, that's yeah. that's what Annie said to Peter, to Peter mm-hmm. about Roman to kill Oopiers. That's how you have to yeah. cut out the heart afterwards. That's what the knife was for. So anyway, they're in the forest and they have a conversation, which was so cool. It's it's like it really flushed out everything with all the lies for the last several episodes. Their bromance totally went down the toilet yeah and just shows how crazy they're not close anymore then they're not even speaking to each other they're they're not physically next to each other you know communicating one-on-one they're communicating by phone Mm -hmm. just how literally how distant they are again totally disconnected disconnected well i felt like peter was in the force watching him he was right Sorry. He was watching like a creeper. <laughs> like a creeper. He's like crouched in the bushes. <laughs> but it's like they're not brothers anymore. They're just two guys talking to each other, calling out each other's shit. And a day yeah. ago, they were family. Exactly. Yeah, hours ago. Oh, yeah. Probably like 12 hours beforehand. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so funny how things change so quickly in Hemlock Grove. Yeah. So uh, they have the conversation, and I thought it was a good one, too. And they were both... They were just both livid afterwards, and Peter didn't want to turn against the moon. He was really reluctant to. He could have killed him right there if he wanted to. Yeah. Well, he even said the line. It's like, come next full moon, there will be blood. Wait. 
You know, we got to wait a few days. Yeah, or a few. Was it a few days? Well, they or did. Like, they did show the moon. Yeah, yeah the shadow moon. Full. But you can see it wasn't full. So yeah. we, as the audience, know that there's probably a good few more days that that would it's, happen. No, it's got to be. The, I think it's towards the beginning of a new month now. So that was like the full moon happened because that's how he dug up Destiny's body. Right, because he changed into a wolf, smelled her. He had smelled her scent on her clothing, and that's how he found her. Right, mm. so he has to wait literally like oh, another twenty-eight days for the moon to be full again. So that was like the sliver of where it's changing back to being like dark mm. again. Right, it's going the other way. Uh, it's the other way. Yes. So um, descending. I mean. We have the guards go to the Godfrey Mansion now. Right, and this is where everything's come full circle. It's the Ouroboros snake. Back to where they started. Back to where we started in this show at the Godfrey Mansion, where he was living at home with his evil mother. And I loved his lines, like you know what I love about this place? <laughs> it's mine. Yep, it's yes. mine. Yes, just like Olivia would say. Olivia would definitely say that line. She sure would. That evil woman and uh, this evil, evil boy. So they don't like. Let's pretty much just like ramp it up. He, we have Peter get there, and they're just doing face off, right? Looking mm-hmm. at each other, talking some smack, and I don't even remember what Peter's last line is, but he just lunges at him and explodes out of his so human skin. Awesome! Oh my god! So awesome! <sighs> yeah, it's crazy. And you, did you notice that Peter is now completely white? Yep, he was a white wolf. Totally white. Like, like not good. Best. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> like the best. Like, but we know white werewolf is not good, actually. Yeah. No. That, that that's we, the Vargulf That's now. the Vargulf, like Christina's character, in se- mm-hmm. or Christina in season one, right? Yeah. For a Tingley's character. So she, eventually, she turned all of her hair white because she kept changing against the moon. She was a Vargulf, yeah. Yeah. So there's no turning back for Peter. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nothing at all. Before I think before he was when they were saying he was gonna be a Vargolf in season two, he was still black, right? His yeah. fur. So that's why he was able to pull him out of that and he wasn't he wasn't able to change back when he was able to pull him out of it. There's no going back now. Yeah, and that was the last time he changed too. Mm-hmm. But he had help changing back. The last time he changed against the, the moon, moon. Against the moon. Yeah. Because he had someone help change him back. Right. And uh he they they have a little bit of a scuffle. The Upir strength that Roman's got is matching the Vargolf strength, mm-hmm. but then there's a distraction. Destiny comes. Destiny. In. Yes, and that exact like I know you guys would say the same thing. That was a fitting redemption for her mm-hmm. to distract mm-hmm. Roman long enough to get him pushed out the window and fall and break every bone in his body so he can't defend himself yeah. anymore. And mm-hmm. I find it ironic because that's how Destiny went down. Oh! So yeah. she went through something glass and she couldn't move and now exact same thing ha- happened with Roman and he even called it out. It's like, I can't move my body. Well, it's like, well, dude, ha. you brought it on ha. yourself. Karma's a bitch. Damn right. <laughs> dude, I am so glad like this happened. It's just, it was really sad and pathetic like the way it ended at the same time and him just like pleading you know it did show like it really I felt pity for him just doing that and I was sad that we didn't get any more words obviously we couldn't get any more words from a wolf but I would have liked to he showed reluctance in his face it really showed like Mm -hmm. "Uh, should I do it and then he just went and did it right because there kind of was the decision of leave leave a Roman paralyzed and then he would just suffer he would just die Mm mm-hmm 
You know what I, I actually heard? I was listening to uh, one of uh, the, uh, Maria's conversations on her podcast, Conversations with Maria Menounos, and it was with Dominic Monaghan, who's mm. one of the guys from uh, Lord, Lord of the, the Rings. Lord of the Rings, yeah, he was right? nice. Well, who's he play? Perry or Mary? I always forget. He was Mary. He was Mary. So he was saying, because he does this show about animals now, how animals never lie. Like human, like some of them are kind of sneaky, like maybe like 0.01% of animals, but overall, animals tell you exactly what they want to tell you from from the instant like you get too close to them they, they tell you with their body language with with their whatever like verbal cues if they're like howling vocal cues or whatever and that's the same thing that i saw tonight with the wolf with the vargolf like you could see the hesitation in his face but we know that he went for it because that's what he really wanted to do this group here had messed with his family too much and took out that throat and took out that heart. It had to stop with Roman. It had to. It had to stop with Roman. It had to end with Roman and Olivia. No more torture for the Godfrey family mm-hmm. upon the city of Hemlock Grove or the Earth. Yeah, because even Peter said the line, like, it, what Roman did in three days is going to be hell in, in a month. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, that's actually really good reasoning behind that. It's like, yeah, it has to end with Roman. Yeah, and he gave the ultimate sacrifice just like Annie did. Yep. Yeah. They, yeah. They're they never going to be who they were anymore. Yep. She's going to be dead. He's going to be an animal. Right. And then the Peter, uh, uh, Roman saw that Peter had made that sacrifice. Yeah. You yeah. know, he's like, now you're going to be an animal form? Like, basically essentially is asking, is this worth it for you? Or was it worth it? Because now it's too late. Yeah. But then he's mm-hmm. like, no, it was worth it. Just kill me. It was totally worth it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know what? Yeah. It's that's that shows th- that was like the last drop of romance that mm-hmm. he had left in his body, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it put uh, him out of his misery. He put him out of his misery, and that's it. Die, Roman, die. Mm-hmm. Oh man! So, so we end with Roman's death. Um, actually, the beginning of the episode was a funeral with Shelley att- in attendance. Well, right? Shelley's writing an email. It's her voiceover. It's over it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's, it's playing it's, over it. Right. She's not at the funeral. No, she was. She was, but yeah. she was, when they were showing it, it was her talking about right. the funeral. And the know, prize actually got a proper funeral within a day. I know. I thought that was funny, and I actually wrote and in Destiny my... Destiny still did it. Yeah. And I wrote in my notes, like, is this a flashback? Like, what's... Go- or a flash forward? What's going on here? And then now we're back to present? Because she was writing the email, and it was going through that whole, like, funeral, which was... I thought it was a super cool funeral. It showed, like, Price's perhaps diverse background because it had, like, it had uh, bagpipes playing and at the same time it also mm-hmm. had monks as well. Yeah. Like, dancers. That's where I thought it was for Destiny because the oh. dancers and the colorful um, culture that mm-hmm. it was. But Shelley had said that he asked for the best of everything. Yeah. Or his funeral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so there were, like, all kinds of different cultures present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? They can afford it. It's price industries, right? They can True. they can spend like fifty, sixty, a hundred grand. Got free on, industries, yeah. On a on a funeral, right? Although, you know, it's probably part of your package. <laughs> he had, you know, the <laughs> life def- life insurance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the life insurance for the the top scientists. <laughs> for the top scientists, I'm glad that he got a, a funeral too. I mean, even even Destiny did get a moment with Peter. Because Peter went back to her burial grave and had that bowl of water rim, and he's walking away. The flame That's actually right. lit. So I was like, "All right, there was still there was a moment to properly say goodbye to Destiny." Yeah, I like that too. Um, 
We we also have Nadia. She's out there with Shelly and Ator in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. And now they're her new parents, right? Yes. And they're, I know they're going to tra- have... They're traveling. They're leaving Hemlock Grove. They're traveling. And it's going to be like... It's, it's funny because... Uh, they, they actually said they were going to Montana. And what's kind of funny about that, and I'm such a freaking Trek nerd, such a Trekkie, is that they're going to Montana, and Bozeman, Montana, is where first contact was supposed to have happened between, what? like, yeah, aliens and humans <coughs> in, like, the Star Trek universe. <laughs> so they're going there, and it's just... And then it's kind of like this this whole series is done. It's like, all good things must come to an end, and that's the the title of one the last mm-hmm. episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. So, I know, super trekky. No, that's amazing. Over here, all kinds of these crazy connections. I felt it was a good bookend to what the opening of Hemlock Grove was, is that also, I think when they first showed the actual town of Hemlock Grove, there's a voiceover like over the radio saying there's all these mysterious deaths going on what's happening and then we see at the end of the episode of this finale episodes like there's all these mysterious deaths going on what's happening so i was mm-hmm. like yeah and that felt like yep yeah. deaths are still going to be unexplained in hemlock grove yeah and they were blaming it on something else this time they were blaming it on aliens aliens <laughs> now they're re- they're reaching <laughs> yeah they're reaching out there they're like don't blame it on vampires lycanthropes we're gonna, or whatever else. They said it's something. the Dark Star. Yeah. They said it's aliens now, aliens. They're the next species to watch out for. Yeah. Um, so we have Ator, Nadia, Shelly driving off pretty much into the sunset, as, as gloomy as Hemlock Grove is. <laughs> yeah. We and, and I loved how they were leaving, and it went by the sign, you are now leaving Hemlock Grove. And it said mm-hmm. free Shelly. Free Shelly. Free Shelly. And she's free. Yeah, sure did it. And that's exactly what was happening at the end of, well, pretty close to what was happening at the end of season one of Hemlock Grove, where they're leaving, and we have Peter with his head shaved. He's, like, being kicked out of Hemlock Grove, and he he thinks he sees Shelly out there, but then at second glance, she's not there. Same thing happens with her and seeing Peter Mm -hmm. as the Vargolf out there, the White Wolf. Super cool. Um, and then they had to do they this. They had to. They had to freaking do this. The Spivak creatures. Brian. 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 Little Brian. <laughs> little Brian. <laughs> little Brian Spivak. <laughs> Brian it's song. alive. It's alive. So they survived, which I knew was happening because they were getting flushed. And mm-hmm. it was like, you can't kill all of them. It's not going to cause that much of a chain reaction through water. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But are they going to be the new species that dominate Hemlock Grove? Ooh. Or, or just... Even- the Earth. <laughs> the Earth, as we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Because the Upiers are now wiping each other out, that mm-hmm. this is the next... Because Spivak did say the line, it took 2,000 years to perfect this. Maybe it's the, his time for the, the dog star demon creature species to flourish. I feel like there's going to be more more Upiers that are healthy than there are the infected ones. So I, I don't really feel like... You know, the, I don't feel like the infection is going to overtake them. I feel like Upiers could still be around. But mm-hmm. let's talk about the future of Hemlock Grove now. So kind of segue into that. Um, do you guys think there's going to be a revival of the series at all? It's going to be hard because the main one of the main actors is dead. A lot of the big side, you know, supporting cast are dead. As like if they're going to do anything Hemlock Grove, it might as well be a prequel. Yeah, 
I agree. I think there should be a prequel. Um, or even just, like, somewhere out there in, like, a different town or a different city. Mm-hmm. where, Or even globally, but not in Hemlock Grove, but still have, like, Oopiers and Lycanthropes or, like... I would like to get whatever. if they took it to actually Romania. Mm, yeah. like the culture that's still over there, the the werewolves that are still over there, the the gypsies that are still over there. This like I think it'd be interesting to see what's happening in that location of the world compared to what was happening in Pennsylvania. You know what? That's perfect actually because and you know what? It should be a period piece. It should be like back in the 1800s and the 1600s whatever and in order to like get that not only like you can feel like the Victorian era, but also sci-fi style, kind of like Penny Dreadful, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was, that's exactly what went through my head. Yeah, because this is such a great show, and we know that Upiers obviously live for like centuries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's so much story to tell, and we only yeah. got to see a year in their life. Come on, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, no, it's a really good, rich world and universe that I think going to prequel like more to the roots, that would be awesome to see. Yeah. Do you think there could be a movie? Absolutely. I mean, the actors, they can all come back in some shape or form. Yeah. Whether it be dead, spirit, alive, mm-hmm. younger than what they were. Characters were maybe mm-hmm. years younger before we actually knew the, each other. It could be. So then in that case, we'd have to get like different actors, maybe, um, perhaps. Maybe. Yeah. Or how Olivia came over to America. Ooh, yeah, that would be a good one. Mm-hmm. She knew Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> she did. <laughs> he was bo- He was as boring as what? Boring as nails until he got six daiquiris in him. Yeah. Well, well actually, Ernest Hemingway wasn't the nicest guy, according oh, yeah. to history. But he has yes. great books. He does have great books. Read a farewell to arms. So um, and there also could be a Nadia <laughs> yeah. story. Nadia grown oh, up. Yep. So yeah. she, oh, there. That's how you could continue the mm-hmm. whole Upir thing, there right there. Upir with her deformed, um, what was her aunt? aunt. Yes, mm-hmm. that's what their connection is. Yeah. Deformed mm-hmm. aunt and Ator. Ator could be an older guy. Oh now. my gosh! Like, and oh. Shelley didn't even know that that's Roman's kid. That was yeah. never clarified. She assumes it's that just that's, what, that's Annie's. Wow. Yeah, just Denise. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's craziness. Um, yeah, and they have money. They, and they, they have a lot of money. They don't want to spend it, but they probably have like I want to say like four hundred thousand dollars because it was supposed to be two hundred k, and then they were splitting the, the like yeah. more like two hundred something k on top of that, mm-hmm. right? Something like that. It's, it's not. Ha- I don't think it's half a million. So, but that's still a big yeah. chunk of change in that. It's case. enough to get Nadia through college. <laughs> yeah, that'll be yeah. fine. But then when Peter gave that to Annie for them, and he and he's like. Oh, I travel light. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh no, he's gonna be stuck. He's gonna die. He's gonna maybe. do it." What does a wolf need with money? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, what about loose ends? So we talked about some of the loose ends already. Um, um, my thing was killed the, everybody. The frozen family. Yeah. Like, what relevance did they have? As beautifully shot as that was, and that could have really added something that they didn't really. Mm-hmm clarify, you know, what Spivak did to the family other than kill them. Yeah. I guess, Freeze them over. Yeah, I guess that, that was a pretty big loose end that we never talked about. Like, what kind of power does he have? Like, how... We know he's a scientist, but... Right. Mm. Froze them for no reason. So, like, freezing them, even it's just like a clue for Peter and Roman to find him. 
Because yeah. if Spivak would have just let them go, they were totally like, all right, cool, like, you got your wife, be out of here. It would have never caused them any trouble. Yeah, and who was the inspector who was calling back all the calls and returning the calls? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he was, turned out to be no one. No one. He was just like a utilitarian kind of character. Mm-hmm. Just like, he was just there like, to get move. Get to Eerie, because that's where everything's happening. Just to move the plot along. Uh, here's another loose end. Uh, the Greek guy. What the hell happened to him? He died. He died. He died. Okay, mm-hmm. so he, did he die because of like the consciousness overload? I overload? think the mind died. I don't. I like. I, I kind of wanted to see like him in the morgue or something to make it more final. Like because mm. the way he like spazzed out, I don't think he could have. Like I think he could have lived actually, and then been that could be Price in there, maybe floating around. True. True. That's true. But yes, the the neural degradation that's that. Price always mentioned in his recordings, it, it could have fried his brain as well, just as easily. Because mm-hmm. he was laying on the ground with his eyes open. That's what, to me, indicated he was dead. He had his eyes open, so they turned him over. I thought he was face... He was just laying... Like, yeah. Like, he was face down. I didn't see eyes open or closed, so... Oh. Could have gone either mm-hmm. way, maybe? I, I just had the, you know, notion that he died because he fell first before Price did. So I was like, okay, that's the mind collapsing, and now we have the body collapsing. Mm-hmm. And you know what, too? Here's another loose end. Price's consciousness is uploaded into those supercomputers in the cloud, mm-hmm. right, in digital heaven. So he could be alive still, and he could... If someone's willing to transfer the consciousness somewhere. Blins- right. Yeah, Blinsky is still alive. Blinsky's still Blinsky's alive. alive, but would he transfer Price? I think he liked his Dr. Frankenstein. I think he's a, he was a good Igor, and he would want to get his... One of the most brilliant minds of the century back. Or Come at on. least put him in a computer. Well, he is in a computer, like, right? Like, where he could talk back to you. Yeah, he could do that, too. <laughs> right, like, AI style. <laughs> yeah. It's not beyond their technology, and that's for sure. no competition in consciousness if he's in a robot. You know? Yeah. He's not fighting with somebody else. True. But now that... You know, Roman's gone and Olivia's gone, then Shelly would get Godfrey Industries. She would. She would. That's right. Mm-hmm. She's the and last person. And she loves person. her Uncle Johan. And then if something. She is connected genetically, too, so she is a rightful heir. Mm-hmm. If she, let's just say she dies later on or something happens to her, Nadia could come back to Hemlock Grove, uh, a grown woman, and she could be the heir to Godfrey Industries. Mm-hmm. True. How crazy would that be? And I'm sure they have their genetics, like, on on file, so they could do a test to see that she's from the Godfrey bloodline. And mm-hmm. they, they could see the maternal, the, like, the mitochondria DNA mm-hmm. connecting her to Olivia and Roman, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right, yeah. Yeah. Any other loose ends that we could think of? Mm, not for loose ends, but it was just amazing show uh, to talk about. Yes. Yeah, it was so much fun. Oh, my gosh, it was. Mm-hmm. Well... I think that's about it for our show. We can't even do any predictions anymore. I know, it's over. But I I do have to say thank you to everyone who's appeared on our after show over these last three seasons. I will quickly name them. Dio Horn, she's amazing, times four, because she's been on the show four times. Uh, Freya Tingley, twice. Bomka Jansen, twice. Uh, Lori Fortier, twice. Dina O'Dell, Candice McClure. Mark Verheiden, Joel De La Fuente, three times. Uh... Drew Botton, David Strayton, twice. Uh, Landon Lebowiron, Camille DePazzi, and Richard Gunn. What about Seraphian? 
Darren Serafian too. Darren Serafian. We had so many people. Yes, and we we just enjoyed having everybody here. Like all like the cast and crew like sharing their knowledge with us and just sharing their experiences on the show. It really made us feel like we were a part of the show and I hope it made you guys at home, the fans, feel like you guys were a part of the show because we you know, we lived and breathed this stuff for three years, talking about it, like looking at all the minutiae of this show and I had a really good time here. Yes, I had an amazing time watching the show, researching the show, talking to everyone, staying up to 4 a.m. every single <laughs> morning, doing research on this amazing show. It's just such a great platform. And what Netflix has done just to technology and the way we ingest and consume programming, beyond amazing. And the fact that they started off with one of these great shows, such as Hemlock Grove, just overall amazing. Yeah. And thank you so much guys for letting me join you in this final season. Yeah, thank you for being yeah, here. I was going to say that. The final season with Mary Lou Mandel was such an experience. So, Which is all the pretty Filipino people. It was <laughs> our pleasure to have you here. Oh, yeah. thank you. Um, but uh, let's go ahead and wrap up and give out your Twitter handles and where everybody can follow you. Alright, you guys can find me on all social media at Mary Lou Mandel. That's M-A-R-I-E-L-O-U-M-A-N-D-L. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. That's S-E-R-A-F-I-N-I-T-V. And you guys can find me at Sean Austin O. That's S-E-A-N-A-U-S-T-I-N-O on Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to check out my book, City of Angels and Discontent. And it's on Amazon. Be sure to download it and give me a review. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, until then, uh, thanks so much for all of our dedicated fans that listen to our show and to all the cast and crew of Hemlock Grove and our awesome staff here at AfterBuzz TV. Take care, everybody. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.